homes, Lord, while we're seeking you with our families, we pray, Lord, that this urgency will continue to draw us closer and ever nearer to you. We love you for your mercy, God. We pray for mercy over our souls. Lord, we would never, even when we reach our hands out, we would never grasp you, Lord, unless we had the hand out there already laying hold of us. So, Lord, we pray that you will move in our churches, move in the brothers and sisters, move in their life. Lord, lead them into prayer. God, we pray for prayer like we've never seen it before. Because, Lord, you said the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. We pray for this kind of praying, effectual praying. Lord, not just getting on our knees, but praying, Lord, in a deep sense. And, Lord, the fervent praying. Lord, if there's ever a time where we needed fervent prayer, it is now. And, Lord, we need a sense of what that is. And, Lord, we pray that you would bless us with the Holy Spirit to lead us into fervent prayer. And, Lord God, I thank you. Lord, as you minister to us in our prayer closets, because, Lord, not one of us have the power to be able to pray on our own. But, Lord, you said you help our infirmities. And, Lord, these are the moments, Lord, when our infirmities, Lord, are all around us, the struggle and the temptations to do everything but pray. And, Lord, we love you and thank you. Lord, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so my microphone's on. We got uh, a couple of deals that we're trying. Um, so first, I've got uh, the Facebook Live going on. And that should be all right. We're getting closer. Bear with me. Um, and then we're also trying to set up a camera that we can then uh, put this into um, our YouTube as well for those who want to watch later who are not part of the Facebook community. So bear with me there. Okay. And then I'll be out of frame for just a second. Get that going. And I'm almost back. Okay. All right. That's recording. This is recording. We're going to see if we can hit Facebook and YouTube together. Um, man, I just want to pray again, uh, Lord, that you would speak this morning. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to uh, share your word uh, with some folks that I, I don't get that honor uh, very often. Um, but as uh, our churches all over the nation and around the world are gathering uh, from a distance, uh, Lord, you are not distant. You are not distant. And so, God, we praise you that we can call on you at any time, in any place, and that you are in our midst. Where two or more are gathered, you're in the midst of them. And so we thank you for that. And we pray that you would bless your church, enrich us this morning through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, this morning's message is entitled, uh, Fast. It's a message for a world infested with the virus of fear. We are in unprecedented times, as you know. And we have been in our church in this series uh, of Lent. And Lent is those 40-day uh, uh, 
period of time leading up to Easter. It is where uh, we are in preparation to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And yet, at the same time, something is often missed, I think, that uh, we have seen, I think, the church begin to focus more and more as Lent is a time for spiritual growth and for me to get more uh, out of God uh, rather than for me to be more set apart for God. And, um, and I really have felt a stirring from the Holy Spirit throughout the week, uh, including um, I was sick this week, uh, laying in bed and had a fever and felt awful and couldn't move, didn't want to do anything. Um, but during that time of being uh, bedridden, had some great hours of prayer. And, and as I was doing so, really felt the Lord stir and bring a clarity to the message this morning. And as I've continued the study throughout the week, uh, the Lord's really brought it all together. Uh, this is not likely to be a feel-good message, uh, but it is a good message. It is a good message from the Lord to us because it's a message of warning. Uh, you know, when uh, we were out in the yard the other day, uh, my two-year-old um, was headed toward the street. And, and I instantly, nothing else mattered in what was around me. My primary focus was on whether she was going to stop before she hit the street. And she did. Uh, we've worked with her a lot. Uh, but if she was running to the street, I would stop everything and shout at her <laughs> to stop. And it's because I love my daughter. I'd be, I'd be willing to frighten her to save her life. I'd be willing to hurt her by grabbing her by the arm and pulling her out of the way of a speeding car. I'd be willing to inflict pain to save her. And that's the message I feel God has for us as a nation, for a world is that while so many are preaching peace, let, let's pray and pray that the virus stops. Let's pray that the financial markets don't crash. Let's pray for good and pleasing things. It would not be loving of God to take away a consequence or a warning to give us something that we think is good if all it's going to do is further our condemnation. I felt early in this season that we should focus on three things. Uh, to fast, to pray, and to give. And this is the second time we're hitting those three. Fasting is important because it empties us of ourselves. We're not focused on our own gratification anymore. We're focusing on God. We're taking the time when we'd normally be spending eating, and we're looking to um, how is it that 
God wants me to spend this time? What are his purposes? And I love, actually, I heard on Moody this morning as I was getting up and getting ready that uh, there was a, a, just a short radio spot talking about the, uh, oh, looks like we lost Facebook. Um, so you'll have to tune in for this later. Probably ended up running out of time. Um, but the, the point of the radio spot was that <coughs> you have uh, the best opportunity to connect with God is through um, silence and listening for him. It looks like that's not going to come. Oh, well. What's that? Oh. All right. So... And I find that in fasting, you know, just as silence is an emptying of the space, the um, auditory space, fasting is an emptying of the internal space. Um, so let me let me get into some scripture here. Uh, I'd like to start off in uh, Psalm 143. So if you're with a Bible, you can turn there. An earnest appeal for guidance and deliverance. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness, answer me. And in your righteousness. Do not enter into judgment with your servant. For in your sight, no one living is righteous. I love that. But I also don't love that. No one is righteous in the sight of God. And yet here, this psalm of David, he's calling out for God to show mercy. You know, hear us. Answer our prayers. But please, don't pass judgment. I have found uh, myself asking the Lord for forgiveness a lot. Uh, asking others for forgiveness a lot uh, this week. And, and it has been a, a humbling time. Look at, uh, we're going to also turn over to Deuteronomy. So backing up. Deuteronomy 30, <clears throat> verse 15. There we are. This is uh, Moses has been up on the mountain. He has spent the time with the Lord. He's come down. He, there's uh, this is as Deuteronomy is recording that second giving of the law, um, and so they've reread all the things that God had spoken, and they're preparing to dedicate themselves. And Moses says, "See, I have set before you today life and good." death, and evil, in that I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways, and to keep his commandments, his statutes, and his judgments, that you may live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land which you go to possess. But if your heart turns away so that you don't hear, 
and are drawn away and worship other gods and serve them, I announce to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not prolong your days in the land which you cross over the Jordan to go in and possess. I call heaven and earth as witness today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. Choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, and that you may cling to him. For he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them. I feel like that's a similar message to us this morning uh, throughout our world, that this is an opportunity for us to choose life, that, that we can choose to, um, to bunker down and just get through this situation, or we can recognize that God has something else that he's trying to accomplish. That, and, and instead of saying, God, why, we can say, God, what? God, what are you doing? What do you want from me? What is in me that should not be? And God is setting before us life and death, blessing and cursing. And we have a choice to make. Where where are we going to fall? Are we going to continue to walk this American dream or whatever country you're in, pursuing your own desire? Or are we going to set ourselves up to fear the Lord, which is our next scripture, Joshua chapter 24. So here, the people are getting ready to go into the promised land. Joshua 24. And Joshua, before the people, is making this speech. Verse 14. He says, Now therefore fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the Jordan and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So the people answered and said, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods, For the Lord our God is he who brought us (laughs) and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, who did those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from before us all the people, including the Amorites who dwell in the land. So also, or we also will serve the Lord for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you cannot serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He's a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after he has done you good. Man, as I read this, I see, at least from my perspective, I see what 
the church has become. That, that we started off serving the Lord. Yes, yes, we'll serve the Lord. And then slowly we start serving ourselves and we have continued in forms of godliness and yet denying His power, denying His holiness. And, and we're more concerned about our own comforts than about God. Joshua warned the people then, you're not going to be able to do it. But they say, they respond in verse 21. And the people said to Joshua, No, we will serve the Lord. So Joshua said to the people, You are witness against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord for yourselves to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, he said, Put away the foreign gods which are among you and incline your heart to the Lord your God the Lord God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. And so Joshua made a covenant with the people at that time. I wonder if the same challenge was put to us today. If it was laid out. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. A jealous God who will not permit you to serve anything other than him. Or don't serve him at all. You're either all in or I'm, I'm not going to take just halfies. <laughs> you don't get a taste of God. Uh, I, I don't want fans I don't even want people just following me just to be in my blessing. No, he wants dedicated worshipers. And I wonder how many people, if when this ban of uh, social gathering is lifted, if at every church in every nation had a sign out front saying that there is no other gods allowed, no other Focus, no other uh, love except for the love of God was allowed in that space. And once you enter, you could not leave. I wonder how many people would still come. How many of us want to add God to our lives instead of him being, being all of life? I've been so convicted this week. My wife has faithfully helped me. I've been brutally honest. <laughs> you know, and to be honest, there's still a selfish, third-born child in me. And it's not fun to be facing your own weakness and failure. But I feel if we're going to get through life at all, if we're going to go anywhere in this life, we have to start with repentance. Let's look at uh, Hebrews chapter 2, 
1. So this New Testament book is written to those who are Jews, Hebrews. They would be the great, 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 great descendants and uh, of those who heard the words from Moses in Deuteronomy, heard the words of Joshua before coming into the promised land. And this serves as an echoing reminder thousands of years later, even to us today. Verse 1. Therefore, of Hebrews 2, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we drift away. What are the things we've heard? What's the gospel really teach us about times like these? I love this prayer in a devotional that I got back in college. Lord God, you who are the source of all truth, wisdom, justice, and love, lead me through this time of worship and throughout this day of service to you. Help me constantly to rest my life upon the eternal foundations of your love and presence. Save me from haste and confusion, from wrongful desire and from the net of evil. Through the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, enlighten, instruct, and guide me all day long. In the name of Jesus, amen. See, I wonder how many of us where our prayers are still self-centered instead of keep me from evil. We think, bless me with more. We need to take heed to the things that we've heard. Turn to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians 3 sets our minds in a different direction. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden in Christ in God. My prayer alarm. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Notice that, This is New Testament talking about the wrath of God coming upon those who are disobedient. God didn't change. We don't have an angry, vengeful, um, jealous God in the Old Testament and then um, the the flowery, um, huggable Jesus in the New Testament. It's the same God. 
Jesus even said, I didn't come to bring peace, but to bring a sword. If you were raised with Christ, if you're really his, if you belong to Jesus, if you have taken his name, let's make sure it's not taking his name in vain, just for vanity's sake. Oh, I'm a Christian. No, let's live it out. Put to death the members which are on the earth. Put to death fornication. Kill any uncleanness or evil desire or covetousness that is in you. Get rid of any idolatry. Because the wrath of God is coming. And this might be what we're experiencing today. Now, I don't have any word from the Lord about whether coronavirus or any other disease or illness or famine is the wrath of God. But I do see that the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. But now, verse 8 You yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Let's pause there. How many of us who claim to be Christians live angry lives? That we have these uh, fits of rage that come out of us. As parents, I know that this is a common problem for us, that we, we, we want to discipline, we want our kids to, uh, to do what we say, and, and we can lose our cool. Put that off. Wrath and malice. Misusing God's name. You know, I, I am appalled that there are Christians that still use filthy language. There's a temptation there. I have to fight it myself. But but really? Seriously? These are the types of things that we're still permitting in our lives as believers? It should not be. Let's continue. Don't lie to one another. Exaggeration is also lying. Since you've put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. And then he goes on talking about there's not distinction. There's neither Jew nor Greek, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all in all. So in the present circumstance, whether you're uh, an American, if you're Chinese or Portuguese, or any sort of ease, (laughs) wherever you're from, there's no distinction. If you call upon the name of Jesus, then we are called to a standard of living that is to be holy. And these sorts of things should not be present in the church. But what should there be? Continue in verse 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy, And beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. I'll pause there. Backing up 
First, we are holy. It's something we've been declared. We don't have to work to be or become holy. Jesus declares us holy. And so we need to remain in that holiness. And so as holy and loved, here's what we do. It's out of relationship so that because we're beloved, we're in relationship with God. And so now we're able to put on tender mercies. Be kind. We can put on Christ's kindness. We can put on humility. We can put on the meekness that we see in Jesus' life. We can be patient, long-suffering, bearing with one another. We can forgive and we can do so easily. Some of the things we've seen on the news that have happened in supermarkets around the world. Fights over toilet paper. It's now cliche. There's more toilet paper memes on Facebook than uh, probably have ever been in the history of the world. (laughs) And people were fighting over toilet paper. I pray none of them call themselves Christians. Because that's not kind, humble, meek, or patient. It's not bearing with one another. And it's certainly not forgiving. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And ever, whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I wrote a note in the margin here, in verse 15. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. You can't take this paragraph out of context. You have to keep the previous put-off things and don't do these things You have to keep that there. So there is no peace when you're living in sin. You can't be walking in disobedience and go, ah, I'm just going to let the peace of God dwell in my heart. It's not going to work. You have to start with recognizing that you died to the old self. You've been raised to life in Christ and you have to live that out. And then the peace of God can rule in your heart. And then I think in verse 16, we see a way for us as a society, global society now, to move forward. How do we treat one another now? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. We should teach one another, admonishing or correct one another. But I love... Have you ever corrected someone with a psalm or a song? I I, I think the only one that comes to mind is a song that I've uh, corrected for kids. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. (laughs) Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see or hands which you touch, or feet where you go. But 
I think that's a great pairing. That if we're going to correct one another, we should do it gently, right? So we should admonish one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. And we should sing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. And then finally, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus and giving thanks to God. We have developed habits of asking God for more and more, not being satisfied with what he's given instead of giving thanks for what he's already done. Thanking him for his mercy that's new every morning. Thanking him again for not giving us the consequences that we deserve. I'd next like to look at Romans chapter 12. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And we'll conclude with this. In Romans 12, it starts off, I urge you, brothers. Whoop, I think I just, this just turned off. I think it has a, like an 18 minute record time. Yeah, it's going in. All right, this is part two in the conclusion. <laughs> We're going to look at Romans 12 to wrap it up. Paul starts here saying, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. I love that. We start in view of God's mercy. Offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual, or in another translation, this is your reasonable service, worship to Him. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Pretty sure the next part is, out of the grace given me, I say to every one of you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, so we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace given to each of us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in ministering. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another in brotherly love, in honor giving preference to one another, not lagging in diligence, 
fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in affliction, steadfast in prayer. Giving to the saints, to the needs of the saints, and giving to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Don't be wise in your own opinion. Repay no one evil for evil. This is a good word for us in uncertain times. When people will be tempted to do evil in order to stock up for themselves or get what they think they need or want. We are not to repay evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as it depends on you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place for God's wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will heap coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. (coughs) Excuse me. I started off saying that this message was entitled Fast. We haven't talked much about fasting, but I feel like that's the action step. It's the call. It's how we are to respond. See, if we are going to repent, uh, I posted on Facebook just uh, the, earlier in the week how Jesus' first sermon was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That sermon is just as applicable today as it was in his. That we need to repent. We need to turn back to God. We need to apologize to our Heavenly Father, for all the ways that we have not upheld His name in the world around us. We need to repent of the ways that we have sought our own will, our own way, our own desires. We need to, uh, in sackcloth and ashes is how the saints of old would repent, but we need to come before God and say, God, forgive us, for we have sinned. We've fallen short of Your glory. And there is... Uh, dirt and stain of sin upon us. We need to turn back to God. There are many times throughout Scripture where fasting was the call. Jehoshaphat fasted when there was a huge army attacking and God delivered him. Ezra proclaimed a fast when they were getting ready to go into the promise, uh, back into Jerusalem. Uh, and resettled there. Esther called for a fast when she was about to go before the king. King David fasted when after his sin was found out and the prophet had come and brought that conviction that he fasted because his son was dying and he fasted and called out to God for mercy. Those are just a couple of examples. Jesus fasted in the wilderness. And during Lent, fasting that we participate in is to join in Jesus' fast. 
And so here's the challenge for us. I feel like starting today, we need to have someone fasting every day all the way through till Good Friday. We're going to do 24-hour fast segments for 10 days. And uh, in our church, we have a sign-up. Um, we will also try and do a, a Facebook uh, sign-up, too. If you want to join us, you can do that there as well. But then there's a second part to this. That if you've never fasted, this would be a great place to sign up, pick one of those days between now and April 1st. Fast for 24 hours and just repent. Take that day. God, forgive me. Forgive our church. Forgive our city. Forgive us for these things and, and allow the Lord to lead that prayer to the things that he is unpleased with. Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any wicked way in me. Lord, where's the wickedness in our community? And then confess those things. Pray those prayers of repentance. So that would be the first part. The second part is starting April 1 through April 10. We're going to do a 10-day water-only fast. And that's a challenge. It will be something that we need God's help in. But as I feel the Holy Spirit has revealed it to us, I feel it's an appropriate response at this time. We're not fasting to manipulate or twist the arm of God so that the virus is stopped. That's not the point. The point is that we are sinners and we deserve anything that he brings. But perhaps he'll show mercy. And so we're going to call out to God and say, God, we are a wretched people that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This is why we have a Savior and we as the church have been left here as the salt of the earth. We are a preserving force. And if the church isn't here, the world dies under the wrath of God. And so we, we need to purge the sin from amongst us as members of the church first. And then cry out to God for his mercy on the world. And so that's the fasting that we're going to do. So April 1 through 10 is water only. If you have some medical conditions or some concerns about that, then I would ask that you engage in this in fasting from all, all unnecessary food. Eat only what your body requires. On top of that, you might consider uh, a spiritual discipline called watching, which is to fast from hour or more of sleep each night and dedicate those midnight or mid uh, middle-of-the-night hours to prayer. So you might set an alarm for 2 in the morning and, and pray from 2 to 3 or 3 to 4, or um, stay up a few hours later or get up a few hours earlier. But um, for those 10 days, give up a consistent amount of sleep. Um, we did some studies on sleep, and if you go 72 hours without sleep, you're not going to do well. You will be in bad, bad shape. So this is not a fast all sleep. That's not going to be physically possible. Um, but fast from sleep. That would be a way to, to participate if you're not able to do a water-only fast. And I'll confess I've never done this one. Um, three days 
Uh, I've done three days before, but uh, this will be a challenge for me as well. Um, at the end of the day, the question is, is Jesus worth it? You know, is your neighbor and their salvation, is it worth it? Because this is not about a virus. It's not about war or pestilence or famine or earthquake. This is about a world that is going to hell without Jesus. And if we're not careful, it's a church that will be going with them. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, Lord, I recognize that there are so many who are afraid right now. The only conclusion that I come to is that those who are afraid are not seeing you clearly. Lord, we're afraid of all kinds of things. In fact, we're not afraid of the only thing that we should be afraid of. The only thing we should fear is to fear the Lord. The old adage and our American president saying the only thing to fear is fear itself. He wasn't, in, he wasn't correct on that. Lord, the only thing to fear is you. God of all creation, sovereign Lord of the universe, who is mighty, who is a jealous God, And because of your holiness, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Lord, may we not be among them, but may we be calling to those who are living in disobedience to your law to be saved. Lord, that this would be a time when we would see the greatest revival the world has ever known. That as people are being isolated and segmented off from one another, that this would be a time when the church would arise, that we would find creative ways to remain connected with one another and to see the Spirit of God flow in the church like never before. Lord, we pray that you would fill the church with these spiritual gifts we read about in Romans 12. Lord, that there would be prophecy, that there would be tongues, that there would be healings and deliverance. Lord, that there would be ministry of helps. Lord, that there would be those with all sorts of gifts of your Holy Spirit that would be poured out upon the church and that we would function as one body. Lord, that this this is an amazing time where the walls of separation are being torn down because we're not relegated into buildings anymore. Lord, that the church would stand and be counted. Lord, that we would stand on our front porches and sing songs of praise to you that our neighbors would know that we love the Lord our God and we have chosen to serve him. As for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. May that be the declaration of each person who's hearing my voice, watching this sermon this morning. Lord, you are worthy of every song we could ever sing, every breath we could ever breathe. You're worthy of our whole life. And so, Lord, have your way, we pray. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. I'd like to give uh, some final announcements. If you're part of our church family here, um, 
we at Abundant Life, we are going to uh, try something new. So uh, we will be trying to do a Zoom church service next week. Um, so the uh, Zoom mobile uh, meeting app is what you'll want to try and download on your phone. Then uh, we will do a test run 10 a.m. Uh, on this coming Saturday. And then we will try and do that as a live uh, church gathering for fellowship. It'll be more of a Bible study uh, format so that there'll be a lot more opportunity for people to talk uh, to one another. But it'll all be digital, so you'll see all the different faces and who's talking and that sort of thing. Um, and feel free to give me a call if you have a problem or reach out to us on Facebook. Send us an email uh, through the church website, AbundantLifeAG.net. Uh, is where you have a lot of our resources. Um, and yeah, this is a, an interesting time. And as everyone's saying over and over, it's crazy, but we're going to get through it. So may the Lord bless you and keep you, shine his face upon you and give you peace. Amen.